0: Welcome everyone to our Christmas Eve service here at Riverside Calvary Chapel. It's great to have you all with us and a big Merry Christmas to all of you. I want to take a bit of time here tonight to look at the sign of the manger. I think all of us would agree as we gather together that uh, it be easy to say we're living in interesting times, right? Uh, I think a lot of us can conclude that What we we see unfolding in our day is certainly a sign of the times. And it's important to watch signs, isn't it? Especially when you're driving. Signs can be a very good and helpful thing. For me, they tend to be something I ignore, and I end up having to do a lot of U-turns and a lot of redirecting and calculating, recalculating on the GPS uh, because I'm not following the signs all around me. And and I think it is a good thing at times for us, especially this time of year. Maybe some of us need to do a bit of a U-turn. Maybe some of us need to do a bit of recalculating or recalibrating to look at this time of year and what it is that we celebrate here at Christmas. We can get very distracted, can't we, with all the external things that go along with it. But it's important for us to look at Jesus and God himself, With the very first Christmas and bringing Jesus into the world, provided some pretty important signs. And that's what we're going to look at here tonight. Regarding the sign of the manger, we're going to look at three things the sign of the crib, the sign of the cloths, and the sign of the city. The sign of the crib, the sign of the cloths, and the sign of the city. We're going to start in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. We're going to, if you got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. We're going to look at a few different scriptures, but primarily, right here in Luke chapter 2 and starting in verse 8 here's what we read regarding the sign of the crib it says now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night and behold an angel of the lord stood before them and the glory of the lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid then the angel said to them do not be afraid for behold i bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this, notice this, and this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men." So notice this angel comes and announces this to the shepherds and reveals that this is gonna be the sign for you. The sign for the shepherds was that there'd be a baby that'd be wrapped in swaddling cloths and you'll find that baby in a manger. Now, today we've kind of glorified or purified the manger. We've made it out, you know, like a nice little crib for, you know, a child to be laid in. We got a manger up here, put some hay in there. You got, you know, next to like a an Ikea crib, pretty much the same thing, right? I mean, this would not take as long as an Ikea crib to make, but um, you got something that we tend to glorify, to tend to look at as very, you know, clean and pure, that kind of thing. But understand that a manger was nothing more than a feeding trough. A feeding trough for pigs and cows and sheep and the like to eat in. And the shepherds would know quite well when they found Jesus because a baby lying in a feeding trough? I mean, what mom would think of putting a baby in their dog dish? Nobody would be looking at that and going, well, that looks pretty comfortable to me. We'll just lay the baby in there. But this is equivalent to what was happening there in Bethlehem. Pretty incredible. And so this would be a sign the shepherds would understand quite well. This baby being in a manger would be the very one that they are called to go and find. It would indeed be a clear sign. And this feeding trough was most likely not a a wooden-like crib structure. It was probably a stone trough. You know, when we go to Israel, I've had a chance to go a few times and Always a wonderful time, but we go to a place you known as Solomon's Stables, and you see all these mangers laying around, and they're all these, these stone feeding troughs made out of stone. And so here's where Jesus most likely was placed in. And you see, this becomes a great sign for us because these mangers have some very important, significant spiritual realities for us. See, these stone feeding troughs can be a lot like our own hearts without jesus they're hard cold they're unclean and they're empty it's not the way that they're supposed to be our condition was not a very good one but that's the very reason that jesus came to this world on that first christmas he came to fill our hearts and he came to remove and forgive our sin the very thing that we were needing most it says in, in Romans chapter 2, verse 5, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Our hearts were hard. They were cold. They were, they were turned away from God. They needed help. But you see, when we repent, that means to turn away from your sin, and we look to Jesus to forgive us and cleanse us. Then he comes and he fills our hearts and he makes them new. He makes what was once an uncomfortable, hard, stony surface into something of life. It says in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I think that is so awesome. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do for each and every one of us. It's why he came and it's pictured, it's seen as a sign right there in the manger, as a sign within the very crib, this hard, stony surface that Jesus was placed in. And he's come because he wants to dwell in your very lives. He wants to fill your hearts. The fact that Jesus came and filled that manger that first Christmas, and by faith continues to fill our hearts is the greatest gift that we can enjoy. His love being shed abroad in our very hearts as Romans 5 verse five says, are you experiencing that peace and love of Jesus today? Are you experiencing that newness of life in your very heart and life today? It's provided in and through Jesus. It's pictured for us in the way that he came in to this world. Well, secondly, we see also, not just the sign of the crib, but the sign of the cloth. Now, wrapping a baby in swaddling cloths was an, uh, a custom of the day. It was not anything unusual. It would cause that baby to be wrapped very snugly in strips of linen, holding the arms next to the body for comfort and warmth and security. It was something you would see often, and remember. Luke is the one that's writing that account of this child being wrapped in swaddling cloths. Luke was a doctor, and Luke uses a medical term when he speaks of these swaddling cloths. He's using the term that'd be used for bandages. He's using a medical term here. See, it's again a great sign or picture of what Jesus came to do. He came to a a hurting and broken world. We, you and I, were in need of healing and help something we couldn't do for ourselves. And Jesus didn't just place bandages on our wounds. He took all of our wounds and he took them upon himself. He took every hurt, every sorrow, every bit of our brokenness. He took all that upon himself and he bore the very cause of that pain and brokenness, our our sin. He took that upon himself. And this very method of wrapping a baby in swaddling cloths was also the same thing that they would do for a deceased body. They'd wrap that body up in cloths. Jesus, you see, when he was crucified, was once again, he was taken down from the cross and he was wrapped in swaddling cloths as he paid the penalty for our sin. And that penalty for sin was death. Jesus came and he died that death and he was wrapped up placed in a tomb. But Jesus three days later rose again, and those swaddling cloths were left behind when Jesus rose, showing that he's conquered sin, death, and the grave. And he's left aside every bit of brokenness. He's come to bring healing. He's come to bring fatality to your life. See, we were all in that condition of being broken because of sin. There's nothing we can do in and of ourselves to cure that. Jesus came and he brought the cure for us. Jesus came and he brought healing for us. We no longer need to remain in that condition. Jesus has come to heal you through the forgiveness of sin. He's come to give you now life in him. Again, the angel says that this will be a sign for you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. The the, the very picture that we see in all that just reveals that Jesus came in a most humble way. He didn't come just to the rich and the famous. He didn't just come for those that were well and okay. He came for those that were hurting, those that were helpless. That was all of our state because of sin. He came for you and for me. He came humbly to identify with us He came to associate with a world that was in poverty and in need. Jesus, you see, gave up everything so that you and I could gain everything in and through him. That's the only place that it's found today. Life, forgiveness, healing. And not only do we see the sign of the crib and the sign of the cloth, but We also see a sign in the very city that he was born in. It says in Luke chapter 2 verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. You know, Bethlehem was a pretty insignificant town. Not the place he had Picked for such a prestigious event of having the very Son of God come into the world. Bethlehem would not be on the top 10 list of most desirable places to go to. But this was the place that was picked, and it was picked some 700 years prior to Jesus' arrival on that first Christmas. Micah chapter 5, verse 2 prophesied long before this event happened, says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old and from everlasting. And yet, this very place, chosen, picked, hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus came, would become so significant. Bethlehem is significant in itself because its very name means house of bread. The very name Bethlehem means house of bread. Bread being the universal food enjoyed all around the world until all the gluten intolerant people showed up, of course, right? And how to mess everything up, of course, right? Just kidding. We still love you gluten intolerant people. We're praying for you, but we still love you. But Jesus was born in a place known as the house of bread. And what did Jesus later on declare of himself? I am the bread of life. John chapter 6, verse 35. I'm the bread of life. Jesus came to provide that which we needed. Jesus spoke those words to convey the glorious truth that he came to provide for humanity's greatest need. We would never think to go very long without food, would we? We have that kind of natural impulse that hits us when we start feeling hungry. We're like, feed me, I need food. Somebody give me food. Now that's never a problem. This time of year when we've got turkey and sweet potatoes and you know, pumpkin pie or eggnog, whatever it is. I mean, we're never at a loss for feeding ourselves this time of year. That's why we're never at a loss with gyms on every corner because of things like that, right? You know, feeding ourselves and everything. But food provides for our health, our strength and energy, food is also something to be enjoyed. Food is a good example of what Jesus Christ is to us spiritually. He wants to provide for us spiritual health, vitality, energy. Jesus is that bread of life that not only nourishes us today, but provides life forever. Jesus would say in John 6, verse 34, or verse 6, Verse 33, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. That's exactly what Jesus did for us. Worship team, I'm gonna ask you to come and get yourselves ready up here again. But Jesus, you see, he left the heavens and came to this world. He revealed a great sign for us in that he wants to take cold hardened hearts that are empty, and he wants to fill them. And he wants to bring that life to us. He's wrapped us and healed us of every sickness, every hurt, every brokenness. He wants to mend that and make us new in him. He wants to nourish us as that bread of life, the very city that he was born in, house of bread, pictures for us who Jesus would be to us. Are you being nourished today in Him? Are you finding strength and healing in Him? Is your heart still lacking peace? Is it lacking love? Because Jesus wants to fill that and take away that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Have you invited Jesus in? Have you made Him the Lord of your life today? Maybe you're here because... It's tradition to come to church on Christmas Eve or your family dragged you out, said you're not going to have dinner unless you come to Christmas Eve. Uh, Whatever way you got here, we're just glad you're here. But I want to share with you something that is so important. Is that nobody goes to heaven without Jesus. It's not by tradition. It's not by going to church. Do you have an assurance of what's going to happen to you after you die, because that can all change in a heartbeat by placing your faith and trust in Jesus and in the work that he did for you. He died on a cross, he came to this world as one of us, taking on human flesh so that he could pay the ultimate price and sacrifice to forgive you and me of our sin so we could be healed, so we could gain eternal life in him and have the assurance of life forevermore, that when we die, we know exactly where we're going. And that's heaven in the presence of God because of what Jesus did. If you don't have that assurance tonight, I wanna invite you to put your trust in Jesus and the work he did for you. This is a free gift, this is by his grace. This is not something you earn or work for or try to achieve. This is something you simply call out for salvation for, recognizing your need, putting your trust in Jesus. And by his grace, He will save you and make you a child of God. That's the best gift you can ever receive, my friends. And I want you to know that truth and reality. I don't want you to leave here today without knowing that assurance of life and eternal life in him. If you want to know more and you have questions, come and talk to me after this service. I'd love to share more with you, but let us pray right now. Lord, we thank you, God, for this opportunity to come and just learn of you and focus in on you, and we thank you, Jesus, that you came to this world out of love for us, and you came to do a work for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. You gave your life on the cross. You died, you rose again, you're alive today, securing life for us. And I pray that every person here, whether they're in this room, watching online, wherever they might be, that they would know the assurance of life and salvation and forgiveness of sin that you've provided for them and you alone have provided because you came. So we celebrate you, we thank you. May we keep you at the focus of everything that we do this Christmas. We ask this in your name, Jesus, amen. Let's stand together and I'm gonna have our... uh, Usher team, come and hand out candles, and we're not going to hand out candles to everybody. Sorry about that. We want to keep this place intact uh, and not burn down, so we're going to hand out like three candles per row, and you have like a paper tray. Make sure the paper tray is around the candle. We're going to light the candles, and we're going to sing a little bit more and worship the Lord, and we're going to bring the lights down, and we're going to sing by candlelight here tonight as we continue on to worship and focus on Jesus here today.